Welcome to Probably Science. I'm your host, one of three, in fact. I'm Jesse Case. Two of three here, Andy Wood speaking. And I'm Matt Cashin, and we are coming live from three different states. Uh, oh, we being... are, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah, We're, Matt's um... Matt's depressed. Um, Andy's very excited. <laughs> um, you know, I'm and hungry. So we got tonic. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm also currently in Las Vegas. Or as State uh, of Las Vegas. Yeah, or as they as they call it, Vegas, as the locals call it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, um, so we're we're all a fair distance apart, but I am about twenty five yards apart from our guest, who is. Oh. It, it, yeah, it's it's very silly that the way this website works, it's significantly easier just to have her logging in from her own computer which is three doors down from me in the same corridor because uh i guess the the very funny comic jenny zagrino is also one of the comedy seller in vegas all week uh hey, Jen- yeah, hi, hey jenny everybody. How's it going? hey it is weird you're like three doors down from me yeah uh, have you guys gotten to know the people in between no well, no someone someone on our hallway has been uh smoking marijuana very much mm, <laughs> but cause... it's like it's like is it new carpet smell or is it weed no this is definitely weed <laughs> it's this definitely, is definitely weed <laughs> unless unless the new carpet was made with weed we're in the the, the rio has been doing some refurbishment here at the rio <laughs> yeah, it's just hemp-based carpet but they've slightly misunderstood <laughs> how you make it <laughs> just rolled some skunk in it wow uh, i've told this story before on the podcast i'm sure but uh when I was first over in LA, I was driving over the hills with friend of the show Emery Emery, uh, f- driving over Mulholland, and suddenly smelled like very strong weed smell. I was like, "Oh, that stinks of weed around here!" And he went, "Yeah, that's a skunk. A skunk's just gone off." And I and I was like, "Oh, weird! A skunk smells exactly like oh, oh, sure. Oh, that's, that's why, why. It's skunk." Yeah, and then. And then about three years later, I had the exact same conversation with other friend of the show, Josie Long, when she was visiting LA, except now I got to be the one, the smug one on the other side of the conversation. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, you naive young thing. <laughs> so are there no skunks in, in Britain then? No, we don't, we don't have skunks in the UK. So yeah, I had no idea why it, it was called fe- that. Yeah, Wait, you, really? It feels so British though. Yeah, it does. They you know? Yeah, skunk, definitely. Tea with the foxes and yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. No, we we got badgers, but they're just okay. you know. Yeah, but a skunk of... is a, is a is like a classic woodland creature, tea party animal. I agree with with uh, Andy on this one. Yeah, do, no, I mean, have, I could I could see it. Do you have skinks? What now? Do you have skinks? What's a is skink? that a different thing? Yeah, it's a lizard a skink. Oh, we don't have that many. Reptiles. We're not. All. We're not very lizard heavy in the UK. I mean, we're <laughs> in the same way. Where, you know. where skinks live. I think the first there. time I thought like the like a wild lizard was in California. Growing up in like the East Coast and Midwest, lizards weren't just around. Yeah, I like. I remember with you when we went on holiday to Spain or something like that from Britain. Then you suddenly see lizards just hanging out on the wall outside your your hotel door, and it was always very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, no, same here. Like, I grew up in uh, the southeast, and there were never any... Like, sometimes someone... Uh, you just go to someone's house, and they'd have a lizard. What about and, a salamander, huh? That, that feels yeah. like a very southern thing. 
No, absolutely. Yeah, if you're just rocking a rocking a newt, like because your, yeah. mom, your mom's like into witchcraft, you know. Y'all want to uh, go catch some salamanders down at the swamp? Yeah, that's how we talk. That's how yep. we do it. Yep, that's all of us. Yep. Um, nailed Jenny, it. And Angela. that's science. What <laughs> have you have you gotten? Uh, has, has your tolerance for creepy crawlies gone up since your uh, introduction to desert life? Um. So. I think a little bit, but I haven't really experienced anything crazy. I know that there are snakes living under my home (laughs) that I've been told about. Some mean snakes. And (laughs) the the, like, uh, actually a friend out here, uh, Jimmy, one of the comedians, his his wife got uh, bitten by a scorpion that just crawled in their house, which I'm like, scorpions just show up. Wait, like, like they're stung? Just out? He was, like, they got a scorpion sting? Yeah, yeah, she got a bad scorpion sting. And I'm just, again, like, scorpions just, like, in people's homes, wild to me. Um, so this is a person, and everything how, is how, terrifying in the desert. Everything is scary. This is everything a, will kill a fellow, you. A fellow high desert person that got the yeah. scorpion bite. Oh, no, thank you. you. Yeah, because how much, t- I don't know how much time you're spending up my way these days. Enough that I don't want to be there. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> No, okay. I, I, I want to talk everyone else into it. I think. Okay, I I do enjoy it. I like it. I like the people. We're we're already writing the screenplay about the high desert people, but you know they're a weird bunch. High desert people are weird, and I love it. Yeah, you're a weird. You're a weirdo now. I mean, Did you I know am. That? I'm also writing a script. But it's not exactly that. But then also, uh, Rosanna Arquette, or was it Patricia? Whichever one. Um, they went and made that show and already stole the name High Desert, and it's a garbage show, and it's not even shot here. It's shot in like Palmdale. And, like you guys missed the opportunity to have it at least look cool. Like, there's so much. There is like a lot. I've been. There's a lot of beauty in the in the High Desert. Yeah. And yeah. again, things that will kill you, like scorpions and rattlesnakes, and you can just be walking and fall into a cactus. Yeah, well, the cactus is probably the more pressing of all the... Because the rest of it, like, I've never seen a snake anywhere near my house. I've only seen two tarantulas in three and a half years. One of them was... Oh, I've only on seen Monday, two tarantulas. But also, it's the were... snake that you don't see that you got to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, they've that's probably t- been around you. You just didn't notice. That's two too many tarantulas. I disagree. When, when they're, like, 30 to 50 miles from your house and you're on a hike, they're really cool to look at like they're i have i have no complaints with a, you weren't with concerned a you were followed you weren't you they weren't no, they, they live underground almost their entire lives they what just if those were the babies time of year to no the, the mom is six feet wide that's the baby sure and the wait what no i just i just uh yeah spiders are it's too much for me i can't do I, it i think you would quickly like First of all, there's been way fewer just creepy crawlies in general than I was expecting moving out here. And then also my tolerance for everything has gone up and it's more just like, oh, these are interesting looking. I guess I've right. always liked I've always liked snakes though. Like Brooks, our original co host, Brooks Whelan, is like uh, Indiana Jones with the with the snakes. Oh wow. Which I thought was hilarious because they're I mean, snakes are pretty cool. Like come on. They're very interesting. Yeah. I've had um, just- I've had more interactions with the coyotes and there is a pack of wild pit bulls around 29 Palms that just oh, no. that just rule the streets. There was one <laughs> night I was I was getting ready to leave and I went outside and I opened the door and there was just like three just like staring at me barking and I was like, "Oh my god," and grabbed my tiny pug and ran inside as they were like running towards the door. <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay." That sucks. That sucks cuz also when the when pit bulls are good, like I I found a pit bull on the street who was abandoned. 
who I fostered for a little bit until my friends adopted him. And she was like the nicest. Like they can be so good if that was a very good dog. Oh, no, these... met, I forgot if you met her or just saw pictures. I, I can't remember whether we... No, I think I, ju- I just saw a lot of videos and pictures that you yeah. populated your social media with for the short period of time you, <laughs> you two were find, hanging out. I was trying to find her home. No, I, these, I'm not saying that as a criticism. I think I thought it was great content. I was appreciating it a lot. It was a very nice dog. We, I was pretty... We were pretty sure that you were going to keep the dog, but I'm glad... Very close. I'm glad she kind of stayed in family. <laughs> She's sort of... I can see her when I want. And I, there was a great pit bull last night. Jenny, have you been to Maso Menos? I just was actually, I just was there uh, on Monday enjoying some coffee. We got to join up for Wednesday night trivia, music trivia with a hundred dollar cash prize. Like no place in LA. LA, it's like 40 bucks gift certificate. You got to wait till next week to use. Right. And here in the desert, we got a hundred bucks. Also, actual, great. Ca- actual cash, not not. They were doing credit. gift certificates, then they were just like, "Fuck it, we'll just do cash." And and fifty for second place, so it's great. So I was there with some friends last night, and there was a pit bull wearing a sweater and a scarf and booties on all four feet, and I just kept looking at it and laughing. Uh, and it was because it's cold out there. People don't realize it's friggin' cold right now. But well, then, that's that's being realized right now. We're you know Vegas is also a desert, and that's the Formula One race is starting this weekend. The and oh shit, turns out that. No one involved in the. I, th- there's mixed information, but I, I'm, they haven't. No one who's involved in Formula One has yet denied the story that they weren't aware of how cold Vegas gets at night in November. Because so um, it's bad for the race because the track can like get. It, it, they so, can't grip the it, tires. Can't yeah, grip. Yeah, the tires. It's the tires have to get the tires have to be warm for them to function well for them to grip well. And which is also why, you know, if there's a crash and they pull out the safety car, you'll see them kind of doing quick zigzag, zigzag driving, because the more they turn, the hot, the warmer the tires get. So they reckon the roads could be as cold as like three degrees Celsius, maybe four degrees Celsius, which is too cold for the rubber normally. And mm. also this track has a really long straight um, that goes all the way down, Holly, down Vegas Boulevard. Right. Um, and... And across that straight, which is like almost two kilometers long, the tire will be cooling down because it's not because they're not turning or braking. So the tire will completely lose its temperature that it's gained from the rest of the track by halfway, apparently by halfway down the straight. Yep. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's so going to be interesting to see how they handle that. Makes what more, a weekend. Makes it more dangerous. Yeah, makes it more dangerous. It makes it harder for them to just turn and maneuver they might have to go slower they might have to break more going into the the turn right. after the straight than they would have done yeah um when I, mean, did, sure I feel like this is recent i know formula one isn't recent but like so like i'm you know i'm in nashville uh and it's like there's i there were never formula one races and now they're like the whole town turns into a racetrack like once a month well, yes yeah, so well, it's like half well, formula one is they wouldn't they, i don't think that's in nashville yet but yeah there's there was a Netflix series that's now onto its well, no, the, fifth it, season that's it, kind of really made it more popular in America. No, it absolutely is here. It's like they're doing the thing they're doing in Vegas, where like they they close down roads and set up bleachers, and it becomes you know like a bunch of like uh, dudes it's from like Italy video come games. drive their cars through the yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Right. Steal okay. your girlfriend. But it was it wasn't yeah. Formula yeah. One is like specifically the top division of. Oh, well, then whatever it's racing. called. It'll be- uh, you know, those cars yeah. that look different than cars we can drive. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like the cars that have the wheels on the outside and an open <laughs> yep, cockpit. Yep. And yep, they got the weird little outsidey wheels and they go Look vroom, a bit vroom, like vroom. a mini fighter jet with, mm-hmm. um, with yep. wheels in. 
that's what it is, and you got to wear a helmet. At nope, like I just stay away from vehicles where you need a helmet. You know, like I'm right. and that's so out, of the, out of the gate. It's a bad sign. So no lime scooter for you. Uh, no, no, I don't do. I don't no. do scooters. We're too. No. We're segways. Too he won't get on a segway. No bikes. No segways. You're nah, really limiting it. your transportation. No. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing a helmet. A helmet based. <laughs> I'm not into it. By the way, there was just a dumb button on the pit bull thing with the booties because we're we're playing trivia. We're sitting at a low table, and then the bar is right behind us, and it's a high high bar stool bar so like our faces are at like waist level to those sitting at the bar and i keep turning around and looking at this adorable dog and then at one point i turn around and we had met the owners who are sitting there but um at point i turn around i just say i just can't get over those booties and then i see the two women sitting next to him who are wearing very tight pants um, <laughs> and facing away from us and they're Butts are at eye level. They I just slowly it. turn towards it. me. I'm just like, I can't get over those booties as I'm staring at you their creep. asses. You creep. There's a, 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 there's a, creep. Flo- a flock of birds. Like, have you seen those boobies? <laughs> Check out the, bo- the boobs I as well. I can't get over those booties. It's just the Austin Powers scene. Yeah, nice yeah, melons. Yeah. Or no, I'm sorry. It's Naked Gun. Is it Naked Gun that has that... Uh... <laughs> All the double entendres, like nice, yeah. nice, nice beaver. Oh, thanks. I just had it stuffed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jenny, we'll, so yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, <laughs> no. We we like to ask our guests before we get too distracted. By the way, I'll, we'll link in the show notes. There is a story about a skunk that showed up in Muswell Hill, very near to where I used to live in London. But it's uh, as I thought. They uh, they'll say, uh, yeah, it's escaped from a house where it was being illegally kept as a pet. Ugh. But oh, poor guy. I know, and it, yeah. they advise people to stop keeping them as pets. But Jenny, we like to ask our Let's guests. Say, to have what, a tea if party. Anything, yeah, what if anything is your background in science? And that's ranged from classes you liked or hated as a kid to blowing stuff up in the woods with your friends to whatever. Oh man, I I would say um, mostly zero. I mean, yeah, just like classes. I did. Um, I was an AP biology, and I did. Uh, what is it called? Uh, what do you do um, when you take apart an animal? Oh, dissection. <laughs> dissected. I kept being like, I don't think it's dismembered. Um, you dissected. <laughs> I mean, that a is shark. What, that that is also a word for it, but that's more of the sort of serial yeah. sense. <laughs> that's like that's when it's fun, you know. So we yeah. just we. Uh... That's when you do it as a lesson to the others. <laughs> For your shrine. To all the other sharks, you better fucking <laughs> behave or else you're going to end up like this guy. Yeah, so we uh, um, did that to sharks. And let me think. I mean, I'm interested in science and like um, mostly to be smug and right. I think that's always that's <laughs> yeah. been like a really good thing for science lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoy science, uh, you know, I mean, the the problem is that everyone now is ignoring science, which is a real bummer, because um, science is good. And I like, I also enjoy, um, one of my things I like to do is like disprove or look up like old medical um, histories and science, like, uh, you know, how mm-hmm. uh, people used to never wash their hands because surgeons thought it was ungentlemanly, like... <laughs> like have to wash their hands and this one doctor was like we should probably wash our hands and they like tried to disbar him from being a doctor just like 
I like all that. Oh, yeah, I love that shit. <laughs> yeah, Edelweiss. He's uh, the, he was in an insane asylum. He like they, he eventually wound up in an insane asylum. Yeah, you that would people, also go crazy poor... if you kept telling people to wash their hands, and they were just like, "Nope." <laughs> just would... be like, "Never have I been so offended in my life." <laughs> that yeah. I also like. Um, uh, you know, the I like medical science. I think that's like kind of my favorite. If I'm gonna like talking about women's um, reproductive health or women's science, and also like disproving that like. Stuff like, uh, it's not disproving. This is a real thing, is that uh, we spend more money on dick pills than we do on women's health. Right. You know, as yeah. a society. And um, Well, we don't. Like, we. You, sp- you guys specifically don't. Speak for no. yourself. We Jesse. don't. No. No, you don't spend any do. money uh, on women's yeah, health, yeah. just dick pills. <laughs> but right. counterpoint, aren't those dick pills for the benefit of the woman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I so mean. Have you thought about that, Jenny? May- maybe we should ask the woman but no one ever asks the woman <laughs> they just assume if she's enjoying the dick pills yeah mm. yeah so i so i like i like that kind of science or also too i love like looking up old old stuff so um i was doing research for a joke and i found that um you know like a 14th century remedy for like a wound would be to like put hot cheese in it and that <laughs> makes me laugh or like if you had mercury if you like to get rid of syphilis they would coat the inside of a blanket with mercury and cover you in it and then like sit you near a fire (laughs) like i love that shit that i love it so much they still do the hot cheese thing in philadelphia no yeah 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 if you get a wound yeah from you know if you uh got hurt you know toppling a car over on itself let's put some yeah. hot cheese on it <laughs> right right because the eagles either won or lost yeah. <laughs> yeah yep yeah that uh that liberty bell they have up there is you can see the crack there's still cheese residue yeah um, they tried to they tried to mend it you know what the japanese put gold <laughs> during cracks or like to mend um oh, right. pottery <laughs> it's just they put cheese they put it's actually cheese, cheese whiz a lot of people don't know that that is <laughs> That's yeah, c- canon to use cheese whiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old Japanese tradition, cheese whiz. Mm-hmm. Cheese whiz. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so yeah, really I love cool. that stuff, and I'll I'll do research on that shit all day and listen to podcasts about that. Yeah, yeah that's pretty same. great. Yeah, Here, here's a, a story that one of our listeners sent in. Michael Valboyna sent in this story, and this is something new, uh, uh, something that I guess we didn't think before. Each of your nostrils smells the world uniquely. According to a study, this feels quite close to the skunks that we were discussing beforehand, and the, and the cheese for that matter, putting mm-hmm. cheese in anything. But our two, our two nostrils are actually working independently in some ways and appear to have their own separate sense of smell. So Weird. This science alert story says, uh, the findings built on earlier studies in animals and humans indicating that our brains may be capable of processing each nostril's input individually as well as synthesizing them into a complete whole. Uh... So the researchers say, despite extensive work on odor responses in the olfactory system, relatively little is known about how information from the two nostrils is integrated and differentiated in the human olfactory system. So... That's very interesting. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, these people were at the University of Pennsylvania. So I don't know, that might even be... uh, Is that in Philly? Is that... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I heard that, like, you, you actually breathe differently with throughout each nostril like it it switches during the day 
Like which that, one yeah, gets more That airflow? I did know, yeah. You're sort of, it, you, it's more right than left and then it's more left than right. Yeah. But I, but yeah, this story that we actually smell slightly differently. So we sort of smell in stereo and right. so they... Uh, it, it makes sense to me because like... You know, like our like having stereo hearing, you can you can identify if a sound is behind you, or like you can you can identify where a sound is happening based on the difference between the two, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and you can locate a sound. But like you can kind of do that with smell, right? Like you know, if like if someone if you're in the room and someone farted, you know it's from someone behind you, right? Versus in front of you. Uh, you sure that's not just because that's where your ass is? <laughs> That's a good call. Man. I mean, if, <laughs> but I mean, can't you Jesse, sort- I would say yes if there were such a thing as a uh, pretty much standard speed of smell, which is the the only reason that we can do the sound location is because there is a consistent speed of sound propagation. I don't think there's a consistent speed of smell propagation. Well, there's the, mm-hmm. okay. Even with one ear, let's say you have one ear. There's yes, there's speed of sound, and I I get all that, like the the micro differences they hit. But there's also the folds in your ear, the way it changes the frequencies, you can tell direction with that. As opposed mm-hmm. to just two holes on the side of your head, you wouldn't be able to do it as well. But you can tell if something's behind you or in front of you because of the folds in your ear. I imagine that there is some locating ability. I, I think having two nostrils, I just, I, I mean, I don't know. Man, maybe I'm full of shit. I just, you know, this, this I is a fun... <laughs> This is a very I, fun thing that we could actually do. I think do. there's some location parts we, of it. We could do this experiment. Like, this is a very doable uh, a thing, you know? Yeah. Well, not, yeah. I, I, I mean, get not, what, not I what get these what people you're did in there. About speed. No, no, just about the direction, the directionality. We could have just in the room, someone blindfolded, and then, uh, you know, you have some something that's most strongly in front or behind and see. I, I'm really curious if, if I could tell that. Yeah, next, the, next time this, someone's cooking something smelly, I'm going to ask them to bring it in the room in front or behind me and see if I have a guess. Yeah, but wouldn't the smell have already permeated the whole house? Or I don't know. Next time I'm... Uh, how, else, how, how could you do this well? Introduce a smell to a room that definitely doesn't have it yet. Well, maybe it's not even about the introduction. Maybe the smell can be permanent, but it's it's coming from somewhere. Like... You're locating a smell. I mean, that's what dogs do that, right? So you locate a smell. Or they find a track that they can keep following. Like the thing is on the, you know, it's not just in the air, but like it's on the ground in a line. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. I have no idea. I, I, I'm just I, trying I to try it. I want to no, try I'm it. I'm just trying to justify the two nostrils thing. It's a, yeah. It, yeah. it annoys me. If you're going to have two of each organ, like, you know. It's got to be a well, reason. Well, as or, a question, like if someone puts like a, a pie on the windowsill to cool, mm-hmm. how does your body know which direction to float towards it? Right. No, exactly. That's true. Ex- exactly. But what if and it's just dominant? Lines. What if it's just about dominant? Yeah, you've got two. One eye sees better than the other. One ear hears better. What if it's just dominance? Wait, is that true? You you don't think that one eye sees a little better than the other? I haven't heard that. Well, that's that's true. I mean, well, yeah, that's why you have really? like... Yeah, I mean, one eye is always a little better. I didn't know that. Yeah, you have like a dominant eye. Yeah, that's why like when you get glasses, it's never like the same. Well, you also hang well, on. Different think- prescriptions don't mean one is more 
used I, I, neurologically. No, I, I, you, or something. You, yeah, but you have a preferred eye, though. You have like a. Yeah. I don't know whether it sees better, but you have a dominant eye in the uh, an eye you favor. Because well, I remember you, you think you look ugly from the other side. Exactly, but also Everyone... if you've ever done like uh, archery, they get you to use your dominant eye, and the way you, the way they test is you sort of get you to hold your finger up in front of you and look at point um, if in line with something in the distance, and then you see which of the two eye which of the two eyes you've actually lined the thing up with. Mm. I, uh, or if yeah. that doesn't work well enough, then they'll yeah. then hold your hands up, uh, both flat in front of you, palms out, making it like a little hole in between your thumb and you, the rest of your hands, like folded over each other. Wait, say that again? stare at some... Sorry. Um, hold, okay, hold both of your hands up in front of you um, and kind of like interli- put one over the other, just leaving a small hole in between where your thumbs are, like in the crook of your thumbs. Like a little circle. Does that make sense? Make a hole with your thumbs. So put put both your hands directly in front of you, and yeah. then tilt them both inwards a bit. Okay. And then put put one over the one hand over the other. Put one uh-huh. hand over the other. Okay. Uh, All right. So that sort of at an angle, and just leave like a little hole uh, where the crook of your thumb is, um, in, that you can see through. Uh huh. Okay. And stare at something in the distance. Stare at something on the far side of the of the room, uh-huh. and then move your hand towards your face, still staring at it. Keep staring at that thing, keep staring at that thing, and move your hand towards your face, and keep staring at it. And which of your eyes did you now move your hands? Which of your eyes did you move it towards? Because I moved mine towards my right eye. Yeah. Um, okay, but you have to start with the thing visible through... Hold on a second. Okay. Are you, is that just, just know a... this is a fact. Yeah. Know it is a fact. <laughs> Doesn't it just depend on which, uh, which hand you put on top of the other one, though? You said just pick a random hand. No, it it doesn't. Like you, you mm. will. I, I'm pretty sure. Try it with your hands looped over the other way, and I think you'll still move it back that way. I'm, well, I'm right eye dominant for sure. Here's yeah. my here's my point: is I don't like having unnecessary holes. Justify the holes, sure. man. And and we yeah. got two two nostrils. Why would you have two holes if they don't have a purpose? Yeah, use nostrils. them. And I, it's also interesting because it's like most mammals have the same nostril situation like like eyes in mammals are all over the place right like uh, predatory species they're in front and then like they're on the side and that and you know horizontal pupils and all that shit and then uh, the ears are chaos just all over the map but it seems that the nostrils it's always just two of them they're real close together yeah they're above the mouth they're really close together and i just uh i don't know man we're gonna need uh, you know because uh, yep. one hole would make more sense if this. Well, here's all... what this study. Here's what this. Yeah, study but I, don't, did. I actually think that two makes more sense because if you can't breathe, you know, it alternates uh, breathing. I guess it does so give you a you chance that like one of them can be plugged. One of them could be plugged. It alternates breathing. Also, two. Uh, your si- I mean, your sinuses go to your teeth and to your mouth and to your eyes. Like it's yeah. a whole thing. Also, you can't just have one septum, go bad. Right, by having a septum as well, same? it gives you something to wear a ring in in case you need to be a barista. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to look cool, but then it—I mean—you could make the same argument for having one mouth. Of like having two mouths is clearly better. You know? I don't think so. <laughs> really, you're a one mouth. Some people use the one way too much. I think that if we gave them two, <laughs> it would be unfortunate. Which mouth would you guys? If you guys had two mouths, which mouth? Which would there be like a polite mouth to use? <laughs> Where's the other one? I don't know. Let's say they're both... Okay, it's not even anything weird. It's like 
uh, you, they're on the side of your face. You have one on each side of your face, straight you know, down the okay. middle, of just skin. This is gonna be a we- this is gonna be a weird thing to say, but I'm gonna say it. Mm-hmm. Um, Great. Women and people with uteruses and vaginas do have a connection between the two. Connection between what? There's like an there's like a like connection between your mouth and your vagina. Right. Not in in terms of not in like I can make my vagina talk, but sure, like, sure. Sure. there is like a you know, it's like um like okay, for example, we both get you get you can get a yeast infection in your vagina and in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have a gut you have a, a microbiome growing in both that's similar. Mm-hmm. Not exactly similar. I don't have saliva yeah. in there, but there is a there's similarity, there's also two um, this is going to be telling on myself, but I don't give a shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Whatever. one of the treat, so a treatment, and this is, I Googled it for, if you have a yeast infection is using garlic cause it's antimicrobial and antifungal. You put it in there, you taste it in your mouth. It's wild. It's crazy. And I just told huh. on myself and I don't give a shit. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. So there is like, huh. there is definitely a connection, but it's not like a, you know, it's not another mouth, but. There, so are, I think that, for women like we are connected. What? Yeah. What is that? Is that like yeah. the garlic essence your bloodstream? And because I think if you have yeah, a huge amount of garlic, you kind of sweat it out as well, don't you? Yeah. You just... Well, there's there's a lot of stuff that you can taste uh, based on if it's injected into your blood. I mean, you guys should probably put garlic in your butts and see. I was. And then if you do that, exactly then you that. can be like, your vagina is not special, Jenny. And I'd be like, damn, you're right. Where's the nearest I... supermarket so we can try this out, Jenny? Like, late, like there's a. I've been getting I mean, a lot a, of vampires. Look, we're in, in Vegas. We can do lately. anything, man. <laughs> we can yeah. we can do anything out here. I'm 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 not sure I follow the logic on the yeast infection thing, though. What do you mean? Uh, you can get va- thrush in your mouth. Yeah, I'm just saying it's it's no. I I understand that you can get them both. Yeah. I, I uh, like I understand they can both get a yeast infection. I just don't think that that equates. Like, uh, therefore, they are. Uh, intimately connected like yeah you can get a yeast infection in anything like that like so what you know what I mean like That's yeah you're, you're you're gonna have you have mucous membranes in your in your rectum too like it's yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't mean that it's like my asshole and my nose are connected it's they just, might be well they we are have, technically they are yeah. <laughs> well technically sure, sure. your nose and your asshole are more connected <laughs> From a topological <laughs> standpoint, the you're, top you're to the bottom. You're yeah, you could theoretically a little more connected. feed a tube all the way down through your nose and out your asshole. Sure, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, no, and it's been done. It's been done. And uh, <laughs> and it'll be done again. Right. I just think, like, if we're going to, like, you know, if we're going to look at things that mouths have in common with other, it, it's like, well, yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, it's like, yeah, if we're going to talk about just someone having two mouths... <laughs> Why not also connect a mouth and the vagina? No, oh, is absolutely. it sexism that's stopping you? Sounds like it. Ooh. <laughs> oh, whoa! Sexism and science. Here we whoa. go. <laughs> I know. I'm. Oh. This oh. is the patriarchy, Jess. This is right it. Right here, right here, right now. So, if you guys had two mouths on your face, not one else, left and right, symmetrical, left, stereo mouths, left mouth, right mouth. You'd uh, you think you would have like a dominant mouth based on what your dominant handedness, like a preferred one to eat with? For sure. Hmm. Mm. You think you think one's eating, one's talking? Like is it like that? You pick one. That'd be crazy. Specialized. That's crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> this is my talking fu- mouth. Get the fuck out of here with that. Hold on, but wait. Do you have one set of vocal cords? 
Huh. Yeah, how far yeah. down does the does the bifurcation take so place? So then you can't really like it would have to be the same. Yeah. Cuz you can't talk out of both differently. I mean, you know. I think for it to be useful, you'd really need uh Well, actually, if you're going to do this anyway, like you might as well have one be purely digestive and <laughs> one be gonna breathing. If you're going to do this, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting my scalpels out. <laughs> Well, yeah. If All right. Before take... we do this, let's just make sure this makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But as I'm it is now, sure it will. But just to be absolutely sure, before we do this, which before, we are going before, to. Before, like I know you guys are excited. <laughs> yeah. Before but let's you do that, why don't you just put garlic seconds. in your butts and right. see if that works? Just I mean, like, that's a given. That's all. That's yeah. Just do. That's... Let's let's do baby science steps before we start <laughs> adding extra mouths. But also, like it's, it, we we have the one tube splitting off into two things, right? They got the trachea and the esophagus. Mm-hmm. Why not just keep those two going up the whole way? So you'll have an eating mouth and a breathing and talking mouth. Yep. Yep. I'm on That's board. That's what I'm. I'm pitching that. I don't know if you guys are on. Yeah. If you're on board, how gross we'll make this would happen. the eating mouth get? What's that? Listen, like it's just for food. Like it's just. It becomes yeah. a really gross mouth. You don't want I'm to really sure. deal with. Which yeah. one Listen, would you make no out with? Ideas. That's the, the question. Talking. Come on, talking mouth. <laughs> yeah. Which mouth are you kissing? <laughs> the breathing talking. Yeah, but then you could. But but some people would want to talk while they're making out. You yeah, know? that's a good point. And then you what? could like give tips. <laughs> yeah, you know suggest what I mean? things. You could. Wait, and is there also, only one person who has this, or we're all born with? Two we mouths? all have it, and do it. But oh, like, also, do, do you have two separate tongues because you need your tongue yep. for both eating and talking? Yep, you've got yeah, a tongue on I each. Think you got two tongues. And, oh, do you but, have teeth in the talking one? I guess that also is important for our yeah, version both, of speech. They're both identical. They're both okay. identical mouths. Okay. okay. You know, oh, so you can pick. You can just like pick which one's eating and talking. Absolutely, you're allowed to, and you're allowed to. You're allowed I, to pick. I don't think that works because no, you need one tube to go to the yeah, stomach. Yeah, because one, one is. To go yeah, to the you only. You can't pick. Or is, okay. is, does your neck does your neck have like a rotation thing, and you can sw- and it'll swivel around so you can make the two tubes connect to the opposite? I'm ones assuming whenever. I mean, they're just on different sides of your that. cheeks. That's, that's what we have. That's well, what no, no, no. I'm assuming there's there's a disc within it that you spin around 180 yes. degrees, and the yes, tubes. obviously there's a. That's what neck bolts are for. Right. The third the podcast are, in a row, right. the bolts in yeah. your neck. <laughs> By the way, we still haven't gotten to the actual article, have we? <laughs> Well, we ho- no, we, we okay. got to the beginning I mean, of it, but we haven't actually, we haven't actually where we've right, right. I'll just in any sure. way found out what their experiment was. <laughs> yeah. so, it's a good podcast we have. Yeah. So, yeah, I really didn't think this story would take us down that long a detour, but it happened, and that's, that's what happens sometimes. There was a lot of rage against this uh, ability to smell two things. <laughs> I'm going to say, it was coming in hot. <laughs> so, researchers from the University of Pennsylvania and the Barrow Neurological Institute and Ohio State and this did the help of 10 epilepsy patients who already had electrodes implanted into their brains. One of three different scents, as well as a control uh, consisting of pure air, was puffed into either nostril or both together. After several seconds, the subject was asked to identify the smell, then state which nostril they used to detect it, left or right, or both. Meanwhile, the researchers collected data on the brain's response via the electrodes. And the team made a number of interesting observations. For example, when the same smell was presented to each nostril in turn, the resulting brain activity was similar but not identical, suggesting some independence. What's more, smelling through two nostrils together created two distinct bursts of activity. Though the time between them was very short, it was there, and the researchers suggested this again points to the nostrils not always being in unison. Two nostrils were better than one when it came to identifying odors and identifying them more quickly, 
which hints that there's definitely some benefit to having two nostrils rather than one, as with eyes and ears, but not mouths. Why would you say mouths, says this article. <laughs> the- what kind of absolute moron would suggest mouths, says the article. Yeah. <laughs> the, the analysis concentrated on the piriform cortex, the PC brain region, where the sense of smell is handled and interpreted. As we already know, our different senses are closely in- interconnected too, which means the findings may have implications beyond smell. Earlier research has shown that rats can smell in stereo, using both nostrils to identify where a smell is coming from. The team behind this study now wants to investigate whether this happens with humans too, and how the differences in timing and odor coding in the nostrils are worked out in the brain. Oh, so, so we, we, we could have just read the article. Yeah, we, we could have, have just uh, done the preparation uh, for a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> o- odor information arising from the two nostrils is temporarily segregated <laughs> in the human piriform context. Just covering context. everything we talked about. <laughs> Yeast well, infections like the- can happen in both nostrils, <laughs> much like the mouth yeah. and the vagina. Finally, well, they didn't, they didn't cover that the because there's no money in women's science, okay? That's why they're not covering <laughs> we it. We spent this budget on dick pills. <laughs> <laughs> we would have studied this in women, but unfortunately but none of us could get boners, so we, we had, had to, to work. We're just typing this with our boners. <laughs> so we use rats instead. <laughs> also, I was going to say, though, the only they only use people who are, who are narcoleptic, right? It was epileptic. Sorry, epileptic. And so I'm wondering if there's something different because of their brains. That's a fair point. It doesn't... Your your study... Yeah, this study is on 10 patients with epilepsy, which is a... Firstly, a very small sample. It's like a super small, super specific. People whose brains are in some way different from the general population. So yeah, it is... Sure. I, I think that's a fair critique of... Of possible shortcoming in this study. Thanks. I like to critique science because I <laughs> do my own research. <laughs> yeah, um, this is interesting. I I, I wouldn't are, have. What? Uh, let me ask you guys this. What what targeted ad are you getting off to the right of that? Oh, ad suppose? block, baby. I got nothing. Uh, I'm getting all truffles, and it's it's all truffle shit, and I I don't know why, and I. Uh, I, I guess it's because of our what we did. Uh, we did a truffle story last week, but it's like I despise mushrooms, like despise them. Oh, and mm. yeah, this podcast is ruining my targeted ads. Absolute, it's a mess. I'm trying to get it to load ads. I just disabled my my blocker, and it's still not giving me anything. I don't know why. You're on science mm. alert, correct? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Weird. I don't know. Uh, um, wait, wait. But- where did the mushroom hatred come from? I always hated them my whole life. It's, uh, yeah, I've just I've never. It was immediately they. It was, and I know I'm alone on this. I know people enjoy it. You know, go for it. You like a lovely umami uh, flavor. I, uh, okay, you do you. My whole life, I've uh, mushrooms have given me the heebie-jeebies. The heebie-jeebies. Oh, the heebie-jeebies. And the yes, both. Who hurt you? I, I don't know. What mushroom hurt just, you? Yeah, ever since I was a kid, I don't. I don't know. Never I guess been into it. I was never forced to eat them as a kid. I'm sure I wouldn't have liked them. So then I was able to like just sort of come at them fresh as an adult and be like, this yeah. is fine. This is earthy, but but good. Sure. Sure. Not judging. I mean, I hate my olive hatred is uh, pure. Oh, Yo, you, you do hate olives. Burns yeah. with the white hot 
intensity of a neutron star, which might or might not be white. And I should know that, but um, <laughs> maybe there's no light coming out of a neutron star. I don't know that. Oh, no, there, there isn't light coming out of a neutron star, is there? No, I think there. Hang on. It's not, it's not like there's no more reactions happening. It's all just neutrons. All the protons and neutrons got squished together to become neutrons. There's no fusion happening. I don't think they would have any reason to be emitting light. They have pulses of radiate. Oh, no, that wait. Pulsars. Well, magnetic specific. pulsars, which are spinning neutron stars, right? They can create bursts of light, though. Yeah, either, either way, that guy hates olives. Yes, tell you that olives. Much. That's olives the suck. point. Oh, man. <laughs> Boy. Boy, is he ever... Uh, Jenny, any unacceptable foods? Anything you're no, like? No, I really... I love mushrooms and I love olives. Okay. Tr- big right. fan over here. And no, mushrooms just, are just... They're just so good for you. They do so many good things. I know. I you know. You know, neuroplasticity. The old... They're really good. Like cancer fighting. Like no, the whole not. thing. Of, but, and, but, and actually, we are closer to mushrooms than we are to anything else. You guys, uh, with your proximity to the sphere with the U2 concert, are the closest to mushrooms of any of us. Uh, right I don't now. think anyone at the U2 concert did mushrooms. Okay? You, don't, They're all... you don't think that's the first thing you do when you go no, to No, not at a U2 I concert. I think it's the first like thing you would fish, do if you went to that sure. venue. But um, yeah. I think a significant number of people who are paying like $400 a ticket, <laughs> probably. It's just Coke. Yeah, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're doing cocaine at the U2 sure. concert. They're on the edge. Um, but they no, have a, I think mushrooms are very good. They have a Coke nostril and a breathing good. nostril. <laughs> that's that's, all, that's also too. How much Coke did these did these uh, epileptics do? They well, brought it on themselves. Uh, yeah, I, I assume that originally that. I'm was just saying it's a very small. It's a very small, very niche group to be making this very blanket statement that each nostril smells differently. Ten does seem pretty small for a study. Ten is really seriously. small. I wouldn't trust ten people for anything. Yeah, I, I don't even trust nine in Washington right now. Hey. You know what I'm, let's, get, let's get real here, folks. Let's, the media uh, is... <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of politics, I mean, this is a total left turn, but did you guys, you guys following this uh, Bin Laden thing? Oh, I. The, oh, they're like retconning the, the, Bin Laden. The kids are the kids are all standing for Bin Laden now. It's like, oh, this is 2023, baby. Yeah, because he's a free, a quote unquote freedom. This is what it's wild. It's yeah. like I, a, I'm not gonna uh, get too into it, but it's sorry, like sorry. it's yeah, it's so fucking crazy and insane. <laughs> so crazy. Wasn't this a massive? Um, it was a, it was a massive like misinformation op though, right? No, it was, was the actual. Finding... I mean, I can't believe people didn't read it. I remember reading it. No, like no, I, I know the ago. letter. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. just just the. Um, I know the letter was real and all that, and the Guardian. Oh. But I just mean just exploding the, uh, like really pushing this narrative of like that kids love him. Yeah, I mean, I've seen you know a TikTok compilation of like 20 people doing it, but yeah, that doesn't mean it's uh, prevalent. It's just funny. It's if, even if any one of those is real, it's like, all right, guys, yeah. Yeah. I mean, has has anyone ever argued that it's, it's like, I thought the whole argument was that terrorism is not how to accomplish the point you're trying to make, not that you have no point. Oh, uh, right. That, I mean, yeah, does those, that make those, sense? Yeah, those, those two things don't even have to be like litigated in the same thought, right? Or, yeah, you, you can deal with those two ideas independently of each other, and, or you should be able to. Right. So it's, it's a weird... Yeah. It, but I, it's I don't a, think... Sorry, go ahead. No, it's a, it's like a weird argument to make in in any like uh, it's like no at no point do you have to hand it to Bin Laden. 
Right. You know, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's like, dude, you can't. I I don't care how fervently you believe something or what. It's you can't. At you no can't point. Do, yeah. You can't do terrorisms. Yes, Stop exactly. doing terrorisms. The fuck. Seems pretty common sense, but um, yeah. But a 22 year old who wants likes is not going to give a shit about that. Right. 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 That's what they're going to see, and they're going to, you know, it's. Uh, it's it's fine. Times. You know, I'm it's just times. excited for the end. Come on, let's just go. Let's, can we just speed this up a little bit more? Well, like no, the podcast the, or the world? No, no, or both. end of the it's world. The po- the podcast, end of the world. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of dead guys, we did have a comment on our last episode from listener Glenn Locke, who has attended the frozen. He hasn't, but he has attended oh. the Frozen Dead Guy Day. At, he's a Boulder, Colorado listener. Yeah, Frozen Dead Guy Fest. Oh, what's that? This is that? something we discovered last week, thanks to another listener. The the this, the Frozen Dead Guy Festival. The dead guy is known as Grandpa Brido, and he's kept he was kept on dry ice in a tough shed in Netherlands, uh, Colorado. They used to give tours of the shed during the festival. They had cask- the casket races, which we read about last week, were hilarious, apparently, with six people carrying a, gas- a casket they built containing another person through an obstacle course that included a tough shed. I don't know what a tough shed is, T-U-F-F. It's just a brand of, like, um, you can buy it pre-made, like a plastic, I think it's a plastic yeah. shed, you can buy it like oh. Home Depot or something. Uh, apparently, most of the caskets fell apart, and Aww. Glenn makes the possibly libelous claim that this festival is mostly an excuse to day drink. Wait a second. Yeah, that so, sounds libelous indeed. <laughs> so I don't I don't know if the people of Colorado are going to accept that. You may have an expensive lawsuit on your hands there, Glenn Locke. I, I love Colorado. a weird festival. <laughs> that is so weird. It seems like the kind of thing that shouldn't happen in America. This should be like in, in Northern Europe or something or Eastern Europe. Oh, this Europe. definitely like, feels you know. like a midsummer vibe to me. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Just... Well, it's that it's Belarus called... Belarus or something, yeah. yeah. Right, but it's the fact that it's called the Frozen Dead Guy Festival. Right. To me, makes it American instead of like just, you know, like... um. Well, but if it was in Germany, it would just be called that, but it would be one word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just... Right. Okay. Fair. Fair. Yeah. That's, um, w- that's by wild. By the way, speaking of... Is this in Denver? <laughs> We're in Colorado. Yeah, it's, it's, outside it's in Denver. Estes Park now. It's oh, moved because okay. uh, the, the original place ran out of money. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty close to Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, spe- speaking funny. of uh, speaking of cold things that are about to get hot, guys, this is uh, maybe the biggest story of the millennium. We'll see if it turns out to be that. But this Iceland stuff, the Iceland oh yeah, it's about to explode. Yeah. This yeah, this a few could people be... sent in the ice uh, the Iceland volcano stories. Thank I you. I don't even know which it. story to go with because this is changing by the hour. But um... yeah, I know Chris- Christopher Cooper is one of them, and I'm not sure who else. But thank you, everyone. Yeah, what's going to happen? We're all, is it is this the end? Well, from what I'm from what I, I guess I should read off an actual article instead of remembering what I read. But um, I was reading some seismologist talking about or volcanologist talking about how the cycle in this area, or maybe even just literally those islands, has been like about a thousand years of dormancy followed by a few centuries of volcanic activity. So we could be <laughs> heading into that, and I don't know. How bad, you know, like remember in 2010 when um, the Iceland volcano went off and it, yeah. it fucked with something like 100,000 flights? Or it, I got stranded was, yeah. in America. I was meant to be going back to Europe for gigs and I, I had to stay in the US for like an extra two weeks. Remember so, every yeah. day you sort of check the weather, uh, you check the news and see where the cloud of ash was and you check to see if any planes were taking off. So even if we're lucky enough to evacuate everyone who needs to be in and there's no loss of life on the ground, if we just have hundreds of years of Iceland volcanoes, that's going to be uh, yeah, not not fun. I'm almost kind of like, yeah, maybe it'll be good. It'll like calm down everything else. <laughs> 
like it's like the um you know the clap you would do in kindergarten that was like dun 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 and the, to get everyone's attention oh uh, i get what you're saying maybe this I is earth do doing that, that like hey hey you guys are getting real crazy <laughs> yeah 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 I'll, I'll just put the article here from um Let's do the CBS. We never do CBS news. We never do the like mainstream news. But um, I'm sure people have already heard about this, but there have been, you know, every day there's another, well, I guess uh, from the uh, November 14th to 15th, there was another 800 earthquakes overnight. Jesus. It's been it's been thousands of earthquakes in the last week there. But um, they said on Wednesday morning, the country yeah experienced 800 since midnight. Quakes came after researchers detected sulfur dioxide, a gas that indicates magma is near the ground surface. Most of the earthquakes that struck early Wednesday were in the middle of a magma dike at a depth between roughly two to three miles, the country's meteorological office said. Um, they also said that there are clear indications of deformation in the area and that magma is still flowing, although part of the dike into which it's going seems to be solidifying. Office has also detected measurements of sulfur dioxide, which according to the U.S. Geological Survey is a colorless gas with a pungent odor that can irritate people's eyes, noses, and throats. Gas is released when magma is relatively near the surface, which I think it's. Why did they need to go to the U.S. Geological Survey to know what? To say that it smells. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, to know know it's a colorless and odorless gas. Like they could have just got that off the uh, first line of Wikipedia, but right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So the update comes a day after NASA, who told us that uh, (laughs) oxygen is necessary for fires. That that's how much we don't trust the Icelandic. Like, what do you mean smells over there? What are you talking about? Nah, come on. Can't be you, trusted. I mean, they they eat that weird shark records. stuff. So shark let's see. Stuff. Um, what's that about sharks? You know the the fermented shark that they eat. Oh, oh yeah. That who eats? Oh, in Iceland, Iceland they eat oh, this oh, oh. crazy fermented shark that yeah, smells like death. It is really stinky, and apparently doesn't. I don't think it tastes that good. But I've never had it. But they eat it, so I'm like, well, you know, if. Maybe they are not the number ones for smells. Speaking oh, of smells, how many nostrils called, you think they're working with, huh? It's right. called hakari, and it's the nas- it's a national dish of, dish of Iceland, con- consisting of Greenland shark or another sleeper shark that has been cured with a particular fermentation process and hung to dry for four to five months. It has a strong ammonia-rich smell and fishy taste, uh, making it an acquired taste, according to Wikipedia. Uh, a quiet taste? A, it is an acquired, acquired taste. Oh. <laughs> it's like um, I've never heard anything called a quiet taste. Yeah, it's like that movie from a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, great. Uh, fermented shark is av- readily available in Icelandic stores and may be eaten year-round, but is most often served as po- part of a poramatur, which is a selection of traditional Icelandic food served in the midwinter festival Pora blot. I I don't even know whether I was even vague. Is that also the their dead there. dead guy festival? Yeah. Um, reactions from various uh, f- famous TV chefs include Anthony Bourdain, who described it as the single worst, most disgusting, and terrible tasting thing he had ever eaten. Wow. Uh, and Gordon Ramsay so what you, spat what it does out. What he on really TV, think but, about it? But James May off of Top Gear did manage to keep his down. I kind of want to try it now. Yeah, it's definitely, I, I'm sure it's the kind of thing, I bet any map, there will be videos on various social media platforms of people doing the fermented shark challenge, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Would you do the uh, the chip that killed the kid or the fermented shark if you had to do one or the other? Oh, the fermented shark. And, and, which, and which mouth? 
Wait, what was the chip that killed the kid? <laughs> it was a it was a spicy. It was one of like the sort of ultra hot chili challenges, and some kid died. It was a, <laughs> oh, a no. story we covered a few weeks ago. <laughs> but um, I don't know. But by the way, it does say that the Greenland shark takes 150 years to reach sexual maturity, and some of them live up to 400 years. What? Uh, due to this, hunting of the Greenland shark is unsustainable and slowly leading to the potential extinction of the species. So I think I would probably do the um, the chili. Also because I don't eat fish, so that would also be like... I was just suddenly realizing, like, oh yeah, I'm vegetarian. That's so technical. Yeah. yeah. I'm vegetarian except for TikTok food challenges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I've got the same... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't do either, but but faced with these issues, yes, I would have to do the chip. Um, yeah, I think I do the chip. I don't know. I think I do the shark. I don't know. It's, um, this is kind of scary with the volcano. I know. It's. I'm trying to find any um, like experts talking about that timeline that I just mentioned. Because for now, consider that Andy talking out his ass. But I, yeah, just read someone talking about how that's been the 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 timeline in the past but then i also heard that if nothing happens in the next couple weeks then we're probably in the clear because it's solidified in those underground those dikes those magma tunnels magma tubes Mm -hmm. so fingers crossed i mean i don't want yeah i don't want that also i realized i stepped on a story matt had queued up i didn't even notice no that's right we could we could bounce over to this this is something i found the other day and i think it's an interesting story but also i think it's worth linking to the guardian article for everyone to see the really good uh, stock photo that they've used to illustrate it. Great stock photo. Because the story is anger can lead to better results when tackling tricky tasks, according to a study <laughs> at Texas A&M University. And in case you're wondering very good what photo. anger yeah, might look like, uh, a man wearing, I think, a suit? Yeah, he's wearing a suit, and he has his hands on his head, and... I mean, he looks furious. He looks very angry. He could also be the uh, the white guy in an 80s or 90s hip-hop video. Don't oh, you yeah. Think? yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because yeah. also, yeah. the it even has a slightly fisheye... It's not fully fisheye lens yeah. picture, but it has a slight... There's, it's, he's uncomfortably close to the lens of this camera. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, parents just don't understand or something. Yeah. It could mm-hmm. be, yeah. So, according to this article by Nicola Davis... They say you catch more flies with honey than vinegar, but when it comes to tackling a tricky task, researchers have found that getting angry can also be a powerful motivator. The experiment suggests people who are angry perform better on a set of challenging tasks than those who are emotionally neutral. So Dr. Heather Lynch, who's the the main author of the study, says these findings demonstrate that anger increases effort towards attaining a desired goal, frequently resulting in greater success. I 100% agree with this. You ever broken up with someone? No, you ever you ever broken up with or got dumped, and then you get everything, every goal you've ever wanted to accomplish done. No, out of spite and anger. (laughs) No. no. All right, you guys aren't you guys aren't doing heartbreak right? Okay, (laughs) it is the greatest motivator. I think a a long term motivator. Absolutely, Um, I totally agree. I I took it. I guess just from. When it says, I took this as meaning like, um, I I don't know, like uh, doing the dishwasher or something instead of like a a more long term. Rather like long term -term aims rather like short term achievements. So so here's what they did in this study. See if this tallies with what you're thinking. They they 
conducted experiments with more than a thousand people, that's a good number, and analyzed survey data from more than 1,400 people to explore the possible impacts of anger on people in various circumstances. So in one experiment, students were shown images previously found to elicit anger, desire, amusement, sadness, or no particular emotion at all. And then they were asked to solve a series of anagrams. The results reveal that for a challenging set of anagrams, those who were angry did better than those in the other possible emotional states, although no difference was seen for easy anagrams. The researchers say one explanation could be down to a link between anger and greater persistence, with the team finding those who were angry spent more time on the difficult set of anagrams. And then in another experiment, participants who were angry did better at dodging flags in a skiing video game than those who were neutral or sad. <laughs> And we're on a par with those who felt amusement or desire. Oh, man. Yeah. So that this pattern could indicate that the general physical arousal had a benefit well, if, for game scores. As this if would be Cher greater. had just yelled at Sonny first. Oh. <laughs> Aww. This is just making me, like, all of these experiments are making me realize it just like, oh, man. I feel like there's a lot of money is wasted on science. <laughs> Well, it's like we could cure cancer, but also when you're mad, don't you just kind of get stuff done? No, <laughs> isn't that saying that? that we, we, now we have a tool for curing cancer, which is like kick those scientists in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> yell at them, show them images yeah, that make yeah. them furious. Yeah. Get them mad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> don't get them sad, though. Those <laughs> to no, The climate scientists are too sad. sad. We get them mad. Yeah. Well, a lot of people fail to realize the amount of anagrams involved with curing cancer. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just a series of anagrams. It's curing cancer is much science. like skiing down a hill and trying to dodge flags. Yep, that's that's they've always said that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, say so it does angry? say again that no differences in performance were found when it came to an easier video game. So again, it has to be a tougher game. Uh, one experiment. Curing cancer is a tough game. It is. One experiment suggested being angry. Increase the degree to which participants <laughs> cheated on tasks compared to yeah, the other that makes sense. That makes except sense. amusement. Well, another found the easy video game. Yeah, it's how do you like cheat a, on that? And another experiment well, found anger was associated with lower reaction times on a task. Wait, um, so it makes you better at a task and then also worse at a task? No, low reaction no, time no, is low, better. No, low reaction time is that that threw me for a second as well. Low, low I think low reaction time meaning a good thing, as in a smaller reaction time. Oh, faster. okay, okay. Um, in addition, responses to surveys around the 2016 and 2020 U.S. general election suggested that people who were more angry about a hypothetical win for a presidential candidate they did not support were more likely to vote in the subsequent election. I mean, that, I don't think that's that surprising, is it? Um, what does that have to do with yeah, Does that even relate to the Hold on. If they're more angry about a hypothetical win... Maybe if the, maybe if the polling booth uh, that you need to go to is at the bottom of a ski hill. Right, you're going to get there fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, You're gonna dodge all those libs giving out water to people. <laughs> so uh, Ledge says people often prefer to use positive emotions as tools more than negative, and tend to see negative emotions as undesirable and maladaptive. Our research adds to the growing evidence that a mix of positive and negative emotions provo promotes well-being, and using negative emotions as tools can be particularly effective in some situations. I mean, that's that, kind of common sense. Like, disagreeableness is correlated with high success in the corporate world, right? As a trait. Yeah. Like, CEOs, uh, you're not going to find the most, like, agreeable, stable, sanguine. Like, yeah, like, being a dick, like, does get you success by some definitions and measures that it, it would, yeah, it, it, may, it makes sense. 
Uh, yeah, I like you sort of slowly convincing yourself back. You sort of talked yourself out of it for a second and then we're like, no, no. It's no, like yeah, yeah. I just, no one else would say anything and I just, I'll keep talking until, I, uh, <laughs> until I'm wrong. Until I'm pretty sure that I'm right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, uh, I would say I'm always at a low level of irritable. Like it's like a, a slow burn level of irritable just all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, That's healthy. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Um, but like, yeah, I'm so far from uh, uh, being a CEO or any sort of. I think it can work for some of them. I don't know. Wait, you know? you're saying you are kind of irritable, therefore you should be a CEO. <laughs> I'm saying I have. I think I have a lot of uh, a lot of those traits. Like incompetence makes me furious. Like I like. Um, yeah, I think I, disagreeableness might be a necessary but not sufficient precondition to becoming a right, CEO. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It takes. Trust me, it takes more than that. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just people just kind of think you're a douche. You just hang out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, geez, in entertainment too. I just I'm thinking of like showrunners whose main value add is is just disagreeable. <laughs> like. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I also uh, would like to point out that all all of these things, like getting tasks done, and um, most of science, I feel like, can really just be, uh, you know, boiled down to, are you rich or not? Yeah, and that would just yeah. make, uh, tasks actually are easier when you're rich, not when you're angry. Like, everything everything is, is better when you're just rich. Well, okay, well, let's... Okay, maybe, but then how come so many children of rich people don't go on to do great things? I mean, Bin Laden did to bring it full circle. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. His, I did he see that as family billionaires. So he. I did see that as like a sort of right-leaning counterpoint to the kids falling in love with him. Like they're like, we should remind these kids that Bin Laden's bad. I mean, his father's a millionaire. Yeah, billionaire. I think <laughs> he's a nepo baby. Yeah, remember you just got you just got to use their language to manipulate this yeah. kid, Zach. <laughs> There was a golden retriever in the Twin Towers. Yeah. Well, okay. True. Because I think about okay doing anything, but but they also probably don't struggle with tasks. They just don't have any tasks. Yeah, but like I think about Nick Kroll a lot with this one because like yes, his dad is literally a billionaire, but like, dude, busted his ass and is way funnier than any of us. I mean, like, show me so it's not like it's that common. Come you on. asked me to be on this podcast, okay? <laughs> let's just, come let's here be and real. insult He's me. one of the okay. fucking funniest dudes. Uh, <laughs> but you don't see... Is a, is but like, it's crazy how funny you can get when you don't have to think about no, paying rent or that, paying your bills. If that were true, like, then point point to point out all the other billion... Like, it just doesn't happen that often. Most of the time, people in that position are super idle, and he busted his ass, and I begrudge him nothing. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but... Okay, but he it. busted his ass, but also probably had... And again, I don't, I don't know, but had a safety net so he could have the time and the mental clarity to bust his ass. Like, But you don't need I don't, as much money as he had to have enough time to go, you know, do the open mics and things. Like, it's not... It's He has well beyond what... There are plenty of people that have enough and still don't i i don't know i just don't i don't think that having a lot of money guarantees you it guarantees you will keep having a lot of money but i don't know that it guarantees you any measurable success in other i i I think we're all saying it doesn't it doesn't hurt no it doesn't hurt doesn't hurt but but i think in general like second generation rich kids don't do very many impressive things in general you know but isn't that a lot of that is things that okay so what i've noticed 
uh, if whenever you're hanging out with the filthy rich is they make the massive mistake of thinking that money can fix every problem. Mm-hmm. So like they do dumb shit like they don't train their dogs. Right. right. Like every rich person's dog's a fucking mess or, or like they they bring in a trainer or whatever and they do the same with their kids. So like they don't really raise their children. And and I'm not some you got to raise your kids fucking family guy. I'm saying it's like it's neglectful. Like I know a lot of like rich kids turn out super fucked up. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we're all like, we all became comedians because we were probably neglected at some point, yeah, and needed to seek like, validation. So Nick Kroll, with a rich dad, probably get a lot of daddy attention. Right. I mean, it all it all uh, yeah, a lot of that checks out to me. I think that a lot of really, I, I think like just as far as social development goes, um, and I'm probably using that term completely wrong, but maybe how we pan out emotionally or whatever. Uh, poverty and wealth has an extreme amount of overlap with poverty like poverty and wealth. Yeah. Uh, like generally like your parents just weren't really around. Um, you're just like living in a series of different places. Oh, like, there's, I, okay. There's I a see, lot of commonality yeah. to the experience but, of being okay. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To a point. I mean, and but then between those two, of course, being the preferable one is uh, make it luxurious, comfortable and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Is, is it a golden cage or is it just a rusty right. Right. tenement housing cage? Like, I don't have tenement housing a, a, anymore. A CEO uh, is probably at home as infrequently as, as a parent holding down three jobs just to try to put food on the yeah. table. 100%. So, I, I, also, yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, there's, yeah, there's probably similar levels of domestic abuse and horrible things yeah. people put up with i i'm saying yeah, it i bet it does, physical violence is probably skewing in one of those directions more than the other but well i think I, what well, i'm hearing say, is that we should feel bad for the wealthy because they have it just as hard <laughs> as everybody else uh not what i'm saying at all um i'm saying it doesn't shock me that a lot of wealthy kids don't don't do shit yeah, yeah. and it's like like um <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And as much I'm as I would saying. like money, I wouldn't like to deal with the predicament of how to raise rich kids not to be assholes either. You know, that doesn't seem like a, it seems like a very uphill battle, but I guess it's also an uphill battle raising kids <laughs> raising in, the, in kids the world we've, no, in this straight. current version of the world we created, like <laughs> you're supposed to tell them not to use the phone that you're also using all the time. Like, yeah, I have no yeah, idea that you how anybody does with? anything. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm, uh, just, I'm just saying that like, a lot of this, a lot of this stuff that like, like, okay, like I always think about like obesity research or weight research, where it's like, you know, all this research that they do, they never factor in the uh, class of the person. Like, if you can't afford good food, you can't afford to exercise. You're working all this stuff. Um, you're you're going to skew towards, you know, probably a heavier set body, but. You know, it's always placed on the person, not on the society, not on society, and that you know, poverty has a huge, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, part to play in that. Same with just like a lot of mental and all these like mental issues or like environments. It's like it's like if you're rich, it doesn't matter. Like you can pretty much get yourself out of anything. Yeah, except I mean, being I able think- to smell. I'm sure a rich person will be able to connect their noses. <laughs> you get the second mouth. Or, a rich person would get a second mouth. Well, they're uh, gonna get it first, no doubt. Yeah, like we're gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be I like mean, the fucking star belly snitches, the Twitter verified check mark game. Like then once, once it becomes democratized, then it'll be like, oh, it's gross to have two mouths, and then the rich people go back to having one. Well, and and I, yeah, 
I think that's important to say too, is that like a lot of things that are completely environmental are put on the person as if it's some sort of, they didn't have enough hustle or it's like, no, if you too can look like Kendall Jenner. If you're raised like Kendall Jenner, anyone can like, yeah, if you're a billionaire, you, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have a private chef cooking every meal that mm-hmm. specifically gives you that body Wait, or is whatever, Kendall like, Jenner in great shape. Whichever, yeah, Kendall, I, I don't know. One of the oh. model oh. it's, it's Kendall's like, looking good. Kendall's like the most, I think the most normal out of all of them. I don't know which Maybe one. Maybe I don't know I don't, who is who in this. You just said a name, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. No, I just, I seem to have accidentally landed on a correct one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, like but she's com- just skinny. She's not like in shape. She's not like known for like her physical fitness or something. No, but I'm, but if you have the time to... If, if that's your full-time job, you have your influencer deals, so you can do two hours of Pilates a day. A nutritionist cooks all your meals for you. You literally, like, you don't have to figure any of that shit out. Right. I'm just saying, aside from having, like, some weird asymmetry or maybe born with, you will be hot. You, like, wealth can buy you hotness. Yeah. So and your father was the greatest athlete of all time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. sure. Or, was it, or was that the, uh, uh, the lawyer? I don't know who they. No, I don't know enough about Jenner. Jenner. No, they, a Catholic. There, there's this Caitlyn. Caitlyn Jenner is there. So, so I'm parent. saying the opposite is also true. Where, where poverty can, yeah, of course you can be like, uh, so much goes into that when all you can get for dinner because you have five bucks is the five Big Macs. Or, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. I'm saying that's so fucking insensitive. I also don't think what that someone is, who's I'm, poor is sitting and eating five Big Macs. No, I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm saying that like you could, you live in a food desert. It's all you yeah. or you have to you have to work so much. You literally can't do food prep. Like I I get it. Uh, I'm trying to agree with Jenny, but I'm saying it like an asshole. No, you're well, no, agree. I, I think I, we I all get agree. it. I don't agree with the debate. I think we all agree on all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm saying it totally wrong. Yeah. Um. And it's like if you are, especially if like with the anger part on this last one, if you are in a constant state of, uh, you know, scarcity and having to survive, of course, you're going to be on edge. So you're probably better at doing your tasks because if you don't do them, you'll die. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's why anxiety sticks around is like evolutionarily that would have made sense at some point. Now yeah. it's probably blown out of alignment with our current environment. But like you should have anxiety about the possibility of whatever predator eating you that keeps you, yeah. uh, yeah. Keeps you hustling. Mm. Yeah. Um, Guys, I well, solved science. You're welcome. Yeah, I did well, it. That seems you like a perfect it. place to wrap up the main episode. We'll say <laughs> now that science has been solved, hopefully yes. there'll be a uh, one branch of science that's left open for the Patreon uh, patrons uh, to have have bonus story. But Jenny, how can our listeners find you and everything you're doing? I'm at Jenny Zagrino on Instagram. Jenny Zagrino comedy on TikTok and JennyZagrino.com. Can I tell you guys my favorite science fact? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this this goes out to uh, my friend Stefan. So uh, I learned this that in order to check sperm virility, they inject it into a hamster ovum. Mm. What? Because hamster ovum will take anything. <laughs> it takes all of it. And then eventually it goes, oh, this isn't a hamster. And then it destroys. But that's how they test virility in sperm is they <laughs> inject Wait, it into a hamster. It, you're saying them. it will create not a viable 
No, it will eventually but, destroy like, itself, but it will do. It will duplicate. Stage, it will get. Yeah. It will. Per, it will permeate the. Yeah. Egg. The sperm penetration assay, the SPA, otherwise known as the hamster test. Oof. Or the hamster egg <laughs> penetration test, which is the HEPT, oh is a laboratory test to predict the capacity of a man's sperm to fertilize a woman's egg. In a laboratory, sperm is joined with prepared hamster eggs. The number of pe- penetrated eggs is measured to ensure the sperm is undergoing the natural physiological changes for fertilization. The well, hamster that's how they eggs, do it now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the hamster eggs are chemically treated to allow normal human sperm to penetrate them. Prepared sperm are incubated with 15 to 20 hamster eggs. If the sperm is functioning correctly, it will be able to penetrate the eggs. The assay is stopped after three hours, and all the eggs are fixed on glass slides for analysis. Less than 50% of eggs penetrated may mean that the sperm has limited capacity to fertilize. If the penetration is above 50%, however, the sperm should should have fertilization capability. If the penetration count is low, a physician may recommend... um, intracytoplasmic sperm injection ICSA during in vitro fertilization treatment how many hamster Wait. people you think are just around that we don't know about yeah so- hamsters are always getting used for weird bedroom stuff I feel horrible for hamsters. <laughs> they're getting shoved up an ass or someone's well let's to- not conflate uh, the gerbil and the hamster here this yeah is- uh, you're right no you're sure. right you're it's getting right yeah. correct tomato tomato to some yeah. I always get both to- mixed up with Mars bars like which <laughs> But wait, I'm sorry. What, what did it say about the stopping? Like, is it they, they stop? Uh, yes, yeah, so they or, stop it from going further, right? So could, if they didn't stop it, what would what would happen? I, well, I don't think anything would happen. Well, what do make you think a viable... would happen, Andy? I know, but like, what, <laughs> a free what? hamster baby is what would happen. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is how many? What scientist was just like? <laughs> I believe in life begins at conception and won't and won't just get rid of it. Just <laughs> took it home and. Where That's is the religious it. right on this one? Yeah. yeah. Where like, are they on the weird hamster babies? Those scientists are just sitting in there with their bon- boners, ignoring women's health. Yeah, they could you know? be. They could be. You know, populating the world with hamster. Yeah. A little army just, of hamster babies. Just so you're aware, by the way, this this test is not an absolute determinant for fertility potential because it does not analyze other important aspects of sperm function, such as movement, number, and proper shape. It can also return a false negative, for example, indicating the sperm does not penetrate the hamster egg when the sperm can, in fact, fertilize a woman's egg. Mm. So, okay. There well, are... I also enjoy that someone did this and was like, this is it, guys. This is what we're <laughs> using. It. Did does it work? I don't know. Just keep using it. I got all these hamsters. I don't know what to do with them. Jenny, that is a superb science fact. Thank you. Isn't it great? <laughs> It's really good. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Like I, 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 I'm going to be honest. When you when you said it at first, and I did some googling, I was not expecting it to be dead on. I was I was <laughs> expecting like some kind of like slightly butchered version of the truth. And it's like, ah, well, actually, this is what happened. Nope, no, nope, they just straight up put some jizzle, some hamster eggs. Yep. <laughs> I've never heard anything about that until this moment. Yeah. Yep. So and this um, is why we got to eat the rich, just like hamsters eat their children. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Solved it. Solved it. We solved science here. So go go and find Jenny on all the online places. If you are in Vegas the next couple of nights, we will still be at the Rio at the Comedy Cellar, um, assuming the show doesn't get canceled. You have to leave three hours early to get here. Yeah. The numbers have definitely been down this week on account of 
all of the locals going, fuck that. Am I driving anywhere near the Formula One? I can't believe um, they're willing to spend the money on just giving you guys hotel rooms. Isn't every hotel room like 10 grand this weekend? It went went back down again. It went, they they have, they overestimated the popularity. And yeah, some of those, there were like some hotel suites that were going for a million and are now back to regular prices and the people who paid a million for them are suing the hotel. Oh, yeah. wow. Tonight, if you wanted to get one tonight, $36 Gold to- Gold Coast Hotel. No way. The Palms, 76 And the right. race is going on right now, so you'll be able to see the race? If no, you're so you wouldn't hotel? see it from there. I think the, I think the rooms that, that would are, show that have a view of the strip from the hotels that are actually on the strip, I think those are still pretty pricey. Yeah. yeah. Like the ones where you can literally look out the window and see the race, uh, I think, are, are pretty expensive. But Oh, Bellagio is $1,900. Okay. Because Uh, you're right in front. But yeah, it's it's come down. It's come down a lot. So I don't think the Rio is losing out by giving us a room. But we we wish all the casinos the best of luck as we do always. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. Yes. yes. So yeah, you could you could so follow the casinos online uh, and (laughs) give them all give them all the love. You can also find us on Twitter at probably size individually at Jesse Case at Andy T Wood and at Matt Kirshen. And if you have any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you would like us to cover, probablyscience at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, you can also find us on the web at probablyscience.com. That's where we have the links to all of our stories and also links to our Patreon and PayPal pages. Thank you very much for everyone who helps keep the show going. We'll yeah. do an extra bonus story for the patrons. Uh, but Jenny, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And listeners, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.